one single I Trust. The Grateful Dead after that with Pigpen at the microphone. That was an outtake from the recordings that made up Europe 72. The song is entitled The Stranger, also known as Two Souls in Communion. And we ended today's program with Doc and Merle Watson singing Meet Me Somewhere in My Dreams. And if we do not meet somewhere in your dreams this coming week, we will meet again next Friday at 10 a.m. here at mutinyradio.fm for the morning train. Until that time, this is J.D. Buell saying, make it a great day for someone. responsible for the series FemSpace, which is a collaborative photo project that reclaims sites as queer femme spaces through powerful portraiture. And if you read Amanda's profile, which you all did, I know, the one word that she used to describe herself is glitter done. <laughs> Amanda, you and many people here tonight, myself included, arrived in the Bay Area from somewhere else. What makes this place so special to you? Why have you chosen to make this your community and to foster a community here? Yeah, I'm from the South originally. Any other Southerners here? There's a lot of us in the Bay. Um, Yeah, I came here six years ago looking for queer art and queer community and um, really a diverse place to live. Um, And I love all those things about the Bay Area. And I also mourn. Um, that a lot of those things aren't aren't really staying around, and I also question my place in that too, um, as you know, a, a, a white person migrating to the Bay Area, and what does that mean, you know, for people who've been here for a long time? So I love the Bay Area, and I also have a lot of heartbreak about all the things happening here and my role in it. Um, and I have no answers, but I like um, one of the artists said earlier. I keep asking the questions. This is a really good segue to my next question, which was about agency and representation. All of you actually make work in that vein um, across different media. You you address the issue of who is seen, whose stories are told, what histories are preserved through your art. And I was wondering what untold stories you're particularly interested in telling right now. It's a big question. question. I'll take it. Good, thank you. I love big things, I'm from the South. Um, (laughs) Big hair, big questions, big cars. Um, (laughs) uh, So my work uh, right now is focused on um, uplifting the stories of queer femmes um, of all walks of life, um, all genders, all backgrounds, um, all religions, races, abilities, as many as I can depict. 
and there's probably some people in the room going, I don't even know what a queer femme is. Like, Google it. Um, <laughs> um, because I feel like, um, and what I hear from other femmes is that our life, our, our daily lives are so full of assumption um, that it's really important for us to be able to tell our own stories and be seen in the ways that we want to be seen. So Femme Space is a photo project um, based on that premise where femmes get to choose locations where they've experienced marginalization or erasure or invisibility and reclaim that site through portraiture. Um, and again, it's about the power of our own narratives and, and being seen in the way that we want to. Softly tonight when the world is at rest Meet me somewhere in your dreams Where lovers find only true happiness Meet me somewhere in your dreams We'll take a trip in memory ship Drifting down life's golden stream I still have you and our old rendezvous Somewhere in your weekly review with Roman. Today it is September 30th, 2016. Opened up the show with some words from Amanda Arkansasi Harris, whom we lost. Um, and there was a memorial service uh, for Amanda this Wednesday and wanted to play some of her own words. And then she was from the South. So I heard the song right before the show. And uh <sighs> I don't know what I was thinking exactly in terms of how it would go together, but I uh, wanted to play some music as a tribute uh, after that. Um, it's been quite a week, and it's good to be back here in the studio. I was out last week and had a pre-recorded episode, so folks can check that out. We played some clips from Stokely Carmichael and Angela Davis. Uh, there's been uh, more shootings by police. There have been more folks uh, protesting and protecting the water out in North Dakota and uh, the forces that be wanting to insist that the pipelines be. And it's been a pretty heavy week for a lot of us. And I was thinking when I was coming in here, there's always so much to talk about and much to discuss. And then there's the global, the global problems, the violence, and then there's the personal violence. And 
um, what everyone has been going through and wanting to pay tribute to folks in my life that I know who have, who have gone. And it's been quite a year for that. And then also pay attention to um, the kind of more, just more systemic problems and seeing how they're all connected in a way. And I feel a lot of the folks that we've lost this year um, from my own experience um, have been, you know, victims of capitalism and victims of the society that insists that people shouldn't be a certain way and doesn't make it easy to exist if you happen to be an artist or you happen to be queer or trans or a woman. And that seems to be the recurring theme. And I'm wondering how much energy it's, I mean, people keep on going and that's beautiful. And also just seeing the community that's constantly in pain and suffering. And I think there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of people kind of dismissing it or that seems to be the kind of get over it. And that can be t in terms of a lot of folks kind of calling out what is what is happening in the culture and has always happened in the culture for a very long time, I should say, Western civilization or in this nation for hundreds of years. And when people speak about violence, whether that, I mean, that's a whole broad spectrum and it's almost impossible not to participate in it in some regard. I... It's, I feel there's still so much dismissal, whether that's people defending cops or people victim blaming or people still supporting uh, prisons, people still in some degree supporting electoral uh, politics because a lot of, um, a lot of, it's, a lot of the systems that are in place do so with the, 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 there's that false idea that there is democracy and I don't feel like there really is because people's voices are not being heard so much that I constantly not only am I do I struggle to speak and one might say oh you have a podcast and yeah this is like one one place and maybe I get on stage sometimes these are like small this is not the everyday when I look around or I'm in conversations with people and and I'm walking through the world and so much of what I see feels really backwards. And that's just from my own experience and I recognize I'm very privileged on, on top of that. And that's something else that, you know, I've come to realize in the past few years is that despite experiencing anti-Semitism or misogyny or homophobia or transphobia, like all of these things, I still, I have white privilege and I have able-bodied privilege and I recognize these terms going beyond that. Even with all these, you know, experiences that I felt of being talked down to or discriminated against in varying degrees, I'm still very privileged on at the end of the day. And if I feel like it's hard to barely even exist or to have my, you know, words count or matter or to be heard, um, it's, that says a lot about how everyone else is. So this is coming from someone who's <laughs> And I know a lot of folks kind of struggle to get up in the morning. They struggle to get up to leave the house. People don't feel safe leaving their house. People don't feel safe with their families or their loved ones or at work or at school or walking down the street. And this is uh, not an, a one-time thing. It's not an individual thing. It's systemic and it's happening. And I feel like it's one of these things that it's so, everyone's gotten so used to it in a way 
we've like had to get used to it to survive that it's become normalized and it's killing us literally it's 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 killing us and then i you know try to focus on positive news stories like for instance there's uh prison guards who have gone on strike with the inmates in alabama and that's a positive thing and to when people come together that you know that's a positive thing and uh people working together is is good and it feels really at times feels uh pretty pretty hopeless to be honest there's a call we'll see where this call goes hello mutiny radio well you know who this is it's gail hi gail hello are you there i am here Oh, so many of you guys don't want to talk to me like I got the plague. You can't catch it over the phone. Right. So what are you doing? I am talking about uh, society and systems in place. Uh, Society. Oh, society. And how many people don't feel safe walking down the street and uh, the way the world works and has worked for a long time kind of convinces people that we're not good enough as we are. And there's uh, just... the world is not a safe place for the majority of us. Ah, uh, yes, society is going downhill. Yeah. It's not the way it used to be years ago. Hasn't it always been this way, and perhaps now more is being brought to light because there's now oh. more, and perhaps more like video footage of cops doing terrible things, for instance, as that's like one example, or maybe people online now are able to share so people don't feel so alone. I feel like it's maybe always been like this and now there's just more recognition of it maybe i don't know i like people to start a new organization yeah i mean they got a lot of organizations but i really like someone to have like what they call a grassroots movement Mm -hmm. where they're going to start an organization where all different people get together and they don't be so uh you know judgmental of each other yeah and actually put forth to do good for society. Yeah. Not like that ISIS. I don't know what the hell ISIS thinks it's doing. It's blowing up their own people and killing people. Well. And they think it's doing something good. Yeah, there's, so I, I mean. Like a, like a benevolent society. Sure. That lets people do what they want to do and not be, you know, like what is it, what is it to you personally if you want to wear a green shirt? Or maybe you don't like the color green. Okay. But that doesn't mean you gotta get all upset and get hysterical if people want to wear it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I don't think society is gonna improve. Oh. I just can see it going back further downhill. Cause you have to start at the root, and the root is the child. You have to influence the child in the right way, so they don't grow up being nasty and vindictive yeah. and hatred. But. Yeah. It's going to take a hell of a lot to fix up this society. Yeah. And I don't see it happening in the next 10 minutes. Well, no. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> difficult. And when you were mentioning ISIS before, it's that we also live in a country that's... Where I just can't th- figure out why people th- are not caught up that or they use religion for vile, evil things. And that happens in this country, too, though, when we think about oh, no, even no, the military. I'm not this country yeah. is all pure because they, they got that group that stands outside of veterans' funerals Oh, the West and say those hateful uh, yeah, things, Westboro. and they're supposed to be religious based. Yeah, I'm thinking more in terms of just the yeah. militarization of this country and if going. They want to see a mouth. If they ever around me, they're going to see a mouth. Yeah. They, they think they got a mouth. 
If I was ever run into a group of them, I'd throw them some mouth. Yeah, I would they love to see like that. They my mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, how do we combat fascism and how do we combat people who are so... But if everyone got together and really pushed it, society would be a better place and a happier place. They wouldn't be... They would understand that all this killing and bombing and blood and shit ain't getting them nowhere. Yeah. But people dead and a waste of money. Yes. All that money they could put into living is there. Right. Infrastructure. But no, no. Uh, I'm going to go, but thank you for the time. Sure. Thanks for calling in, Gail. Thank you to Gail. Nothing like a... (laughs) We offer some really positive conversation. Well, actually, I've always said, uh, as long as I've been doing this show, and also when I do stand-up sometimes, I'd rather talk truthfully about things that are really depressing and frustrating and angry than kind of sugarcoat it and pretend everything's great. And Because I think there's too much of that out there. There's a lot of fluffy entertainment. And I do feel that... There are folks, um, there are folks who maybe just don't haven't experienced it. Because we all live in our own bubbles, we all have our own experiences. And speaking from my own experience, and a lot of talking to a lot of my friends, their experiences, uh, this is the the world, and it's unjust to say the least. And getting back to the this, I'm still trying to unpack my feelings about the constant going to these memorials, and it's my grief is this one thing that hurts. And then seeing folks who are closer to, even closer to these these folks that we've lost, that's what feels even harder to try to wrap my head around and to understand and to to not even acknowledge, but just to see so much pain and so much distress and to know that one can't take it away or one can't even make it better, even momentarily. And hearing so many people who do so much good work and there are so many people out there doing incredible work supportive work and like the word work in itself that can be just we we can just get rid of that word i suppose but just whose existence is like helping people and sharing with people and contributing and there are so many people like that out there and it's wonderful and there's this constant like idea that i feel gets passed around that people are that we're not doing enough that there's not enough being done and I feel it's because the pressures are just so much and it's hard to I you know I walk around and like I'm very anti-military that's one of my points of view certainly and I'm very passionate about that and also I refuse to believe in the gender binary and every day I wake up not a day goes by that I don't have to confront this idea that uh, transgender folks where the society is designed to insist that we don't, we shouldn't exist. And the things that, yes, things are getting better, but walking into an establishment that has gendered bathrooms, for instance, or working in an environment that's so gendered, like boys go here, girls go here, the separation, uh, between people and the us versus them, I feel is a direct negation of who I am as an individual, as a person, as a spirit in this world. And to walk around in a world that doesn't, it might not be outwardly, it might not outwardly say, oh, you shouldn't be here, but that's the signage. And it's just, maybe it's just, it looks like signs and people, again, it goes back into the idea of victim blaming and this uh, gaslighting, this idea of, oh, well, what you're feeling isn't, um, isn't real or it's not, uh, it's not strong enough or, oh, just get past it or rethink, you know, rethink how you're, you're phrasing this and make a difference. And uh, 
the, the thing is, a lot of us are really trying, and there are times when one can have a conversation to change. That's the, the thing, the positive thing, is you can complain about it, and you can also talk to people about it and make the changes so society isn't as shitty for the next generation. I get that. There's also just so much exhaustion when it's really difficult to take care of oneself and one's friends and those who are close to us because there's this constant trying to survive and just to get through and also like I consider myself to be a pacifist it doesn't mean I'm not extremely angry because I would will say I am a very angry person and there's a lot to be very angry about in this world and how can I exist in how can I how can one exist as a pacifist in an incredibly violent world how can I defend myself when there's violence this everywhere like against me against my friends people I care about how does one respond to that how does one react to that how does one have the energy to do that? How does one sustain oneself? Even just getting up out of the door is such a struggle a lot of the time for so many people, like so many people. And perhaps not everyone feels that, maybe not everyone expresses that, and yes, everyone's experiences are different. That seems to be a recurring theme though with so many conversations that I have with so many people. So I know it's not just like a one-time thing. And there is, again, so much gaslighting, so much. And then if we're going to go into the fucking election, which is just a, a joke as any, to a degree, a lot of elections are, frankly. And I am an optimist, and I do feel that things, I do feel like things have definitely changed more from the outside, but I do appreciate folks who want to work within the system. If you want to work within the system to change it, more power to you. I think we need people on all levels to change things. Currently, giving two options that are pro-military i can't get behind either one of them and then there's pushback uh you know saying oh why can't you support this one it's like i can't support i can't support someone who supports the military i can't that goes against who i am it goes against my history it goes against my ancestry it goes against everything i believe in and people i care about and so again it's getting up and walking through this world and being told that not only do my opinions not count, but that they're wrong and they're unfounded and there's so much fear and there's a lot of deceit as well. And then where do I, you know, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. I have my own behaviors. There's that, you know, we all have our own things and I'm working on it, working on a lot of things. And it's really difficult to, I feel, be kind and to be honest and generous and authentic in this world. It's not rewarded. Kindness doesn't pay the bills. Being yourself, you can't even survive being yourself. One has to kind of wear masks and do things that we don't want to do in order to survive. And I'm wondering if there's a way beyond that or around that. And again, this is coming from someone myself with a lot of privilege. This is, uh, it's, I mean, with when speaking with Gail, there is that, like, I feel it's a very real way of looking at the world and it is really sad and it's exhausting and going to, and not, I mean, the personal is political. I love that idea. And the political is personal and the personal is political. And 
folks take things in their lives and they make it into these larger issues, maybe to defend their own core beliefs. Um, and at the same time, it's how can one not do that? How can, you know, when I think about how I'm spending my time and where I'm at and when I'm seeing people and I'm seeing people at memorial services, I'm seeing people and we're just in this state of really wanting to be there for each other and our own personal grief. And yes, we're all alone at the end of the day, regardless of how many people we're surrounded by and who we talk to. And... And perhaps if there were easy solutions, then we would have figured it out by now. And there's a lot of repression, certainly, when we think about the folks, you know, the state repression. We talk about, like, the pipeline. There's, They've sent the National Guard out there so they can build the pipeline and pollute the earth. There's, We know who the... I, if I have to use the word enemy, then it's the enemy and it's greed. And it's... It should be maybe more exact than that. It's abusive power and people with power. It doesn't, I don't feel satisfied. I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for a catharsis at the end of this. And usually when I do the show, I may rant for like five minutes. And this just feels like an ongoing conversation. And some folks who have listened to the show have said it's a bit too depressing to listen to. And that goes sometimes when I'm just talking about the articles and the murders that continue to happen that are either not reported by the media or the media spins things in a certain way to keep people more afraid of each other. And I'm looking for more of a proactive approach that uh, where people come together and really face the, the folks in power and the people with guns. And maybe that's, I'm sure there are some great anarchists with guns. I don't want to like, I'm not a, a fan of weapons personally. And like, I love the idea of the day the earth stood still and the alien comes down and it makes all the weapons and the guns and the tanks just disappear. That would be my ideal just to have people talk it out for once a day without bombs dropping anywhere, without anyone being shot by anyone, especially those in power, especially those with badges. How would the world work? Is it possible to go back to that place without, I mean, I totally call on the aliens. Like I'm, I'm down, you know, come on. Help us out, because I've uh, my faith in humanity is I still have it, because I'm around and I still do this, and I see a lot of beauty everywhere. So it's not to say it's all gone; it's just to say that it's constantly being tested. And for those of us who are still here, uh, making the most of it, um, perhaps we can find a solution to make it easier for everyone else. Okay, so. <laughs> I have a lovely guest here who I hope I have not, uh, <laughs> they're smiling and, um, I'm going to play some music first and, uh, cleanse the palate as it were, uh, Juicy Lou, who represents the GAPA foundation, very much looking forward to talking to GC and just really a very bright personality. So, oh, um, oh, oh. looking for some good music. That's not, uh, you know, I want to like pay tribute to the mood and then also not what's uh, <laughs> feeling a little bit overwhelmed, to be honest. It's, uh, I mean, this is just a, this is, 
Uh, yeah, I'll play some music and then we'll be here with Juicy Lou in a few minutes. Stay tuned. And uh, all right, and we'll get this going. This is a song uh, by Ambulance uh, Limited called "Stay Where You Are."
Welcome back to the Weekly Review. Ah, after that lovely musical break, we are joined by Juicy Lou. Juicy, thank you for coming in. Hi, how's it going? Okay, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Um, sure. I, I was so happy that I came just a little bit early so I could hear a little bit um, part of your broadcast. And, and first yeah. of all, I'm so sorry for your loss, oh. and I'm so sorry that, you know, what's happening in the world i mean I'm, I'm sorry for a lot of things you know but uh first of all and foremost and i and i i'm so glad i got to, to give you a big old hug when yeah. i come in here because um i mean i i feel like i come from a place of love and you know um gratefulness for where we are in the world and what we are doing and every day is a blessing so yeah. i'm happy to be here yeah and i'm happy that you're here and yeah. thank you for having me on the show oh yeah you bring a lot of joy with you like as soon as you came in it's like there are people like that that I really value, like just sh- like shiny. I don't know how else to describe it, but just very like, yeah, it's your presence feels very warm. So Thank I'm you. really glad that you're here. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's so, that's such a sweet thing for you to say. And it's I true. really appreciate that. It's true. I'm very sensitive to energies. So like <laughs> going out in the world, it's like, sometimes I want to avoid certain people or just right. be cautious maybe. Mm-hmm. And then other folks are more kind of, I feel safer around or there's more of a and like an attractive kind of uh just i i don't know how how to describe it really but just uh when folks kind of exude joy and mm-hmm. I, I don't know words i've words are falling a little bit short at the moment but. well no and you know I, I definitely think that's true i i definitely feel the same way when um i feel like you know who who's even the best at that is uh animals like dogs oh, yes, and yeah. like and actually little babies who don't, can't talk at all yeah like babies who like you know I, one time i remember i visited a friend of mine and they're like oh they just love you those kids just the little ones like two and four and like they're just eating you up versus there and i was like aren't they with that with everybody and then she was like, no. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> Same thing with like, you know, pets and everything. Sometimes, you know, they're barking at certain people and not barking at other people. And so anyway, I just, I guess, um, I, I've, I've always tried to, you know, love everybody, love everybody yeah. where they are in their journey. Yes. Um, and yeah. trying to, you know, really be as empathetic as I can and feel as much as I can where wh- whatever's going on with uh, whoever I meet and everybody I meet. So yeah. I'm so glad that you say that and that you felt safe with me. Um, yeah. I feel like a uh, big part of what I represent GAPA, which is the Gay Asian Pacific Alliance, yes, is, yes. It, it started out as a safe space uh, back in 1987 wow. where this group of uh, queer Asian Pacific Islander men mostly uh gay and bi men they were like you know this is the 80s people are dying like of aids and you know reagan was probably still hadn't talked about it right and it was just kind of a big hot mess and you would think that in san francisco of all places you know asians would be a subject well sure but not because like it's the 80s if you can remember that put yourself back there in the time machine it's like it was hard yeah so like that's the reason why gappa was created and that's why gappa formed and a lot of things came out of gappa uh the api wellness center oh yeah and and now the gappa foundation which is a nonprofit organization um, we're dedicated to leveraging resources providing funds to empower and i use the word empower i yes. pause there for a second because that is a powerful word right in the vision statement we empower the lgbtq asian pacific islander community so we do whatever we can whether that's you know providing over thirty thousand dollars in scholarships and grants uh, which we did last year and we're excited to do this year um and also anything programs or networking like just or put you know putting juicy out there and say hey juicy go talk to these people um and empower them because and, and i i really i want to pause there for power because i i think about 
what that means. What is power? What is, you know, what does it mean to be powerful? If some people think you're powerful, why? You know, like, and is that just sort of an intangible idea that we can all be powerful if yeah. we just think we're powerful? Like, and that's what I think drag queens do with this drag royalty business, like, which I am officially drag royalty. Hi, you know, but also they just decided one day, uh, it was the imperial court system that did that in San Francisco 50 years ago or 51 years ago. And they, one drag queen just said, I'm just going to call myself an empress. I'm just going to be a freaking powerful person, you know, and, and I'm just going to decide this is not what I want. You know, I see things that are not right in the world and I'm just going to do, make things right. You know, that's kind of what, a drag queen does. They're just kind of rebelling against society, gender norms and anything. Yes, yes. Um, when you were talking earlier about gender and the gender binary and everything, and I definitely agree, uh, but I do want to kind of, we, we can have a conversation about this all day, but sure. uh, like, t I, I guess drag queens are just people who play with gender. And it's yeah. like, I'm going to be a boy today. I'm going to be a girl tomorrow. I'm going to be yeah. in between to the next day. You know, like I just will play with it versus it's very different from transgender folks, which I, I you know, I have very many trans brothers and sisters, uh, you know, been fortunate to meet so many folks uh, that are trans and people in different parts of their journey. Um, but transgender folks are definitely like, this is my gender. It's like yeah. they're very, they're very strongly identified to a, a gender yeah. or, you know, in between genders or whatever, but it's very specific. So versus, you know, yeah. versus a drag queen, I am it a does. drag queen. I, yeah. I definitely identify as a drag queen. Sure. I use he, him, her, queen, bitch, you know, <laughs> pronouns, like yeah. everything. Um, but yeah, that's so. Anyway, that's what sort yeah, of. Yeah, I feel like that's also like a dialogue that that I mean, I know it's been kind of happening here and there, but like within the, I mean, the whole LGBTQ community sure. as a whole, like there is like the racism within the community is like right. one thing, and then the transphobia and then the misogyny, right? And like all these kind of systemic isms and phobias that yeah. are like part of the community itself too, which are a whole other discussion to be had it's a and whole thing it's yeah, a whole it could be like 10 happening. shows we could have 10 shows oh, sure. about that you and could have just, me on 10 more times oh it's sure okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just like it's so sad though because when one thinks about like a marginalized community yeah. to see mm -hmm. us but then it also makes sense that since a lot of us have experienced the, these kind of marginalization or oppression in various parts of our lives one would might it makes sense that we then end up kind of imitating these behaviors within yeah. the, the same community yeah yeah I, I feel like when i I think about that, and I feel like my role as Miss Gappa is to really just be a voice. Yeah. Um, be a voice to people that I represent, which I represent all, like, basically all the queer folks that are Asia Pacific Islanders, or all queer folks generally, or all anybody. Like, I represent everybody and everybody that, you know, I feel like I am a part of a community, which I feel I am part of this world, so I represent everybody. So that's that's yeah. who I really represent. But, you know, as Miss Gappa, technically, mm -hmm. maybe I represent, you know, the LGBTQ Asian Pacific Islander community uh, here in the Bay Area, here in nationwide and in the world. I mean, you think about it, um, you know, you, you kind of talked about where we are in, in progress and everything. Um, I think back to like the 80s and where they were then. And then I think back now, it's like, okay, we're, we're in a certain place, but then think about the world. Like, how, what does it mean to be queer and Asian in Singapore or mm -hmm. Taiwan sure. or China or sure. Vietnam? I'm Vietnamese, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's hard. You know, I have family in Vietnam that, you know, um, they look at my Facebook and they, they're like amazed at what I do and I'm yes. putting myself out there and um, they're just, they feel a certain kind of pride. They're also kind of worried for me because they know that in Vietnam, it's like not easy to be, you know, gay and out there and, uh, you I know, see. being an activist about HIV AIDS yeah. and um, I have family that are affected by that and it's just like wow you know the whole world we're in a living in a bubble definitely and we're here in san francisco living the life living the dream being as you know 
a, a beacon really to the world. And so that I feel like, you know, though we we ha- we made the struggle continues. It's it's uh we 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 basically are role models uh in, in many respects to different parts of the world. And so we have to be cognizant of that. But at the same time, you know. I mean, I, I listened to your earlier broadcast about, you know, uh, police brutality and it, no, things aren't right. The world isn't right, especially in the U.S. It's still not right. You know, like there's uh, things we can do. We, we, we can fix things and we can work. We can go to work. I, I feel like I um, I love that. I mean, maybe work is work is a definitely interesting concept, but uh you know, I, lo- I, I love pop music, so I love Britney Spears, and I was like, work, bitch. You got to work, bitch. Or, you know, RuPaul, you know, you better work, you know, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I feel like uh, an, an, one of my charter things, in, in addition to being an ambassador of the community, is to build coalitions and work and, and figure out where many people who want to work and make change and create change and uh, create dialogue, create awareness. Yeah. Um, we can work together. How can we work together? Um, because that is something I think the more that we can throw – you know, more people, more ideas, um, you know, more thoughts, more energy, yeah. you know, lean on me. Let me, l- let you lean on me. Let me, let go on Juicy. Like, you know, Juicy's crazy. She got all this energy, you know, she could talk all day, you know, but, um, and she's really excited about these issues. Yeah. So yeah, let, let Juicy talk or, you know, oh, she just, let's, let's have everybody else talk around Juicy too and bring in, in, in the conversation or that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking as far as like, you know, my building partnerships and building coalitions. So mm-hmm. anyway, so. Oh yeah, it's yeah. A lot. Sorry. Woo. Oh yeah. No. Here, there's a lot to a lot to share and a lot to say. Yeah. So yeah, I was curious if you could talk a little bit more about like Vietnam or your experience. You know, um, the funny thing is, um, so I am a Vietnamese American, right? Um, well, my 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 actually my drag persona, Juicy Lou, is Chinese, but FYI. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually, I'm you know Vietnamese American. My family, my mom uh, and my dad are both refugees from Vietnam. They came over in '76. They met at a refugee camp in uh, Florida. Um, then they eventually moved to Chicago. They got married in Chicago. Um, to you know. Uh, you know, birthed me, I guess, in Chicago. But then I, I saw the Vietnamese American experience is kind of what I uh, have a really identify as. But it's kind of strange because, you know, not strange, but one of the main things was for my mom trying to make me assimilate to sure. American culture. And this is very, um, you'll, you know, this will resonate with a lot of Asian Americans. It's trying to like, you know, you want to assimilate to American culture, but then you want to kind of reda- retain some Vietnamese heritage, mm-hmm. Viet- Vietnamese cultural identity. Um, but she, she, in order for me to assimilate, she was like, well, I'm just going to speak to English to you only. And so I don't, I don't actually speak Vietnamese very well. Um, I kind of can understand a little bit, but it's a big kind of a big kind of handicap in my head but she, in her head she was like she gave me a leg up on the competition and if you heard me on a conversation on the phone you probably wouldn't even know I'm Asian like that's kind of that's that, that's the way it is and so that's my particular identity and uh, about, about me being Vietnamese is now trying to reclaim my culture honestly um, sure. you know I didn't actually start using chopsticks I, I say this embarrassing <laughs> as an embarrassing thing like I didn't know how to use chopsticks until I was like 15 you know I just wouldn't do it you know and, and eat pho and all that stuff like I love that pho is such a big thing right now and banh mi and all the food and everything I love you know sharing that culture and the food and everything I can eat it every day I just posted on Facebook that I could eat Vietnamese food every day but it didn't used to be that way like mm-hmm. I you know when I was a kid growing up I was just like making McDonald's and you know whatever the American food I call it yeah. American food but that's what I you know this is different from Vietnamese food and just always just kind of growing up like that but so I guess finally you know, just to sum it up my my culture I want to go back to Vietnam I haven't gone to Vietnam my mom um, 
doesn't want to go back to Vietnam because she is very anti-communist, you know, and, and it's kind of, you can imagine, she gave up, she and her family were in the South Vietnam, and they, you know, when the North came down, um, she was just, you know, you're just escaping your homes, and, and you're a refugee now, and uh, she has a very, um, you know, putting out in the internet world and everything, but she, she's very, uh, mm, does not trust the Vietnamese <laughs> communists, thing you know so she will never go back as she says to me so but i mean i i kind of want to go back because i have a lot of family there and sure and i see my I've, i met my one of my uncles long lost like uncles that i've never met before i have so many i have so much family she was like a she had you know 16 brothers and sisters her father wow. was like had four wives two mistresses all these things you know so like the big family in vietnam and uh it's just i have so many cousins i don't even know them you know so it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a crazy thing for me but uh but yeah, I that's sort of my experience with Vietnam. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always just curious to learn and then also just recognizing living in a country that the US had its Right. I can't even ugh, just yeah. you know, just to They I, inserted I, themselves into Yeah, the, that's uh, that's one way of that's a very polite way of putting it. Um <laughs> Well if so. anything, I, Juicy Lou is polite. I I, <laughs> I I try to be as diplomatic as I oh, can. Oh sure. <laughs> I just yeah, when I think about like military, yeah. like I just military feel very mission. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so it's also, it's also such a crazy thing because it's sort of like the war that America does not want to remember ever. Mm -hmm. Like, because they, and it's, it, I mean, the striking comparisons to like the Iraq war and everything I like thought, um, I remember, so I was in college when Iraq war was happening or just about to start, you know? Yeah. And, um, I remember my college, I went to Southwestern university and Liber Southwestern university in Georgetown, Texas, a small liberal arts school. And, uh, I'm a proud alumna of that or from alum, sorry, alumna, whatever he, her, uh, but, uh, yeah, I was on stage with, uh, well not on stage. I, I met Karen Hughes, who was the, uh, communications advisor who eventually became the undersecretary of communications or something like that undersecretary of state for George W. Bush. Uh, so yeah, let's just, let's just pause there for a second and like absorb that because this is a liberal arts school. This is a very progressive school, but then also has this kind of walking the line of a private school, which, you know, I love and, you know, but they have to recognize their constituents and they wanted to have show both sides. And it was interesting to watch her. I mean, uh, we'll just, talk, we'll just say this, that, you know, you were talking about spin cycle. You're talking about media. Yeah. I mean, this is like a woman who is amazing at spinning and amazing at media communications. And it's just kind of masterful to see how she would respond to all these questions. One of the questions, students' questions was, you know, are we really ready to go to war in Iraq? You know, and she was, she responded, oh, I went to Fort Hood, one of the largest um, army bases just up the street. And they said, ma'am, we are ready to go to war. I'm like, no one's ready to go to war. Yeah. I mean, seriously, come yeah, on. You know, yes. like, no one's ready to go. I mean, but she, you know, she played that up and i was just yeah. like wow you know and people were eating it up some people were eating up other people like progressive students were like what the hell is going on you yeah. know um but it's it's interesting you know but you, and i i was up close and in person right yeah. next to her and i saw it you know and it's just so it's kind of like at the end of the day these people are people i don't think they're like ang you can't you can't you have to play to their you have to find their humanity somewhere and mm -hmm. he part of that you know i you know i was saying i'm coming in place of love and you know definitely i might be a hippie dippy you know a like hippie dippy my mom is a hippie totally like and she's like you know flower child and everything um all american girl in vietnam kind of think about that and um so this i, I think i get it from my mother and uh, i think one of your callers was saying parents have to teach their children 
um, how to love and how to be respectful yes, and how to become yes. a, a certain type of person. Yeah. I definitely think it comes from parents. And so, um, you know, all the parents out there, you know, you teach your children every time you talk to them, every time you, you know, make an, an example, a lesson or something like that. But uh, just going back to the whole make love not war kind of thing, basically, um, I was just like, wow, we are going to war and this woman is uh, crazy, but she is part of that machine. She's like yeah. one step away from George W., you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. but it's nuts, you know? And, and when you're talking about this election cycle, I mean, you know, we're going to have to have a president. <laughs> like, Do in we about, know? <laughs> in, in about four weeks, we're probably going to have to elect one of them, maybe. And so, uh, and, and people talk about these things. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about these things, but I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, I feel like who who's going to be the person that, you know, has access to those um, crazy war things, that war mechanism. That It's just sort of a thing. I, I kind of think about war and military and everything like that as sort of the... Um, the absolute to me it should be the absolute last resort right and we should be diplomatic we should be talking about these issues right. and um like i can't i can't think of a i can't think of a thing where you know i would want um that orange face you know clown to be that person representing oh the, yes yes uh, yeah, the US. Don't have to mix. That's, yeah that's just sort of the idea of it yeah oh yeah same i mean even the yeah uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. <sighs> let it let's breathe through it let's 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 take it yeah. all in. But anyways, yeah. yeah. I'm here to promote my event. Yeah, so let's talk more about the, the upcoming event on o- October 16th. Yeah, it's um the uh, – so GAPA Foundation is uh, celebrating a scholarship and community grant recipients at um, the Bayanihan Community Center, which is a Filipino cultural center uh, in the Mission in San Francisco. It's on uh, October 16th from 2 to 5. It's uh, – graciously underwritten by um various sponsors and you know we are gonna have free wine free food um i'm hosting a show basically there's um it's a it's a little bit you know um of course it's it's you know free food free wine donations are generously greatly uh, appreciated um but you know we won't turn away anyone at that door uh definitely just come in enjoy it's for everybody i mean everybody just because gappa is the gay asian pacific alliance it doesn't mean it's just gay and bi men it doesn't mean just lgbtq asian and the pacific islanders it's actually mm-hmm. anybody and everybody i welcome all folks who are interested in you know going back to that mission statement you know leveraging resources that, to empower a part of our community you know when you uh, i think about this a lot you know diversity and um you know cultural identity um and I read, I read an interesting article, maybe you've read it, where uh, I think people in the Obama administration, not people, just women, women specifically, when they were trying to put forth ideas, they would, yeah. they would like, uh, they, they called it amplification. So it's like, oh, I think Betty has a great idea. Or Betty says something, and, and then uh, Joanne says, Betty says this, and th- I think that's a great idea. And then, you know, Susie says, oh, Joanne says that Betty says, that, you know, and just kind of like keep amplifying that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of their tricks to like kind of get through a male-dominated uh, cabinet, you know? And so, yeah, um, yeah. and I, I think about that, and they also kind of, in the same article, they talk about shine theory and, like, how um, basically when one, per, one part 
of this minority culture uh, shines, then we all shine. Mm-hmm. So we should all be trying to build each other up. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And so, and I, so I, f- I feel like that kind of mechanism, um, that kind of idea of theory of just sort of uh, how, uh, how are we as minorities going to build each other up? How are we um, going to showcase each other? And that's what exactly what this Gappa Foundation Bowtie Party, sorry. It's also um, tiny.cc slash Gappa Bowtie 2016 is the link, um, or gappafoundation.org, or follow me at Juicy Realness, uh, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Um, you know, we, I'm sure I'm going to cross promote the heck out of Mutiny Radio's events. And I think there's a fundraiser tonight for you guys, or is that um, right? yeah, you I've been a little bit off the uh. Uh, not quite on the, <laughs> the, the on the social media bandwagon. Yeah, or. yeah. So. But yeah, no, I, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally. I feel like it's funny. I think we we talked earlier, and you were saying that maybe you kind of um, are not as much of a marketer as. And I feel like I oh, am, yeah, drag queens zero percent of a marketer. Drag queens are like hundred percent. Maybe I'm like one percent. Because <laughs> like people know about it. Like I'll put it like online. I'll maybe share it on Facebook, but sure. like not. Like it's just I've always been really like into content and same like I've performed stand up and sure. I've done shows and it's there's that part it's like I'm really invested in the creativity and the content yeah. not that one can do both because one def- there are definitely people who are like they do really great work and then they let you know about it and then yeah. they send you an email and then they follow up and there are folks who are really they're good at it and that's like there's something about and I don't know how much of it's like an ego thing or like because one. To a degree, one has to have like a big ego or enough of an ego to like put yourself out there. Yeah, put yourself out there. And like, I feel like I can put myself out there, but then it's the kind of like tapping people on the shoulder or like taking up maybe it's a taking up space thing Mm -hmm. that I've 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 always had a lot of difficulty with. And even with this show, it's like I'm proud of it. I'm definitely I've been working on it for a while. There's a lot of I've had a lot of great conversations, and I wish I could put it out there more. Mm -hmm. It's just when it comes to to sharing it. And so what it comes down to is just the sharing it and the t- and the promoting it. That's right. what I seem to. There's like an energy block that I have. Yeah, I think I don't know what it is, but maybe you should do drag because uh, maybe um, your drag persona would do it. <laughs> I well, as a trans, I can't speak for ultra. I can only speak for myself as a trans man and grown up and having a few times of having to wear tights and dresses oh. and being forced to when one doesn't Not want to. <laughs> Been there, done that. I like nail polish. I can't do with make. Nope. Like nope. occasionally, maybe I'll put on a like. There's that part of me that's like fluid enough and. Yeah. And clothes don't have a gender anyway. Sure. But I think part of it, just there's still that kind of undoing the growing up. And my parents were not, like, super much, like, into gender role. They weren't mm-hmm. into gender roles. But as far as, like, our society is with clothes for kids, yeah, there were enough times that I had to wear a dress that I didn't really want to wear a dress. Right. But then I also don't really like wearing pants. Maybe I just don't like clothes. <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. So yeah, well, I just don't I, like dressing the, up. The only reason why I say to do drag or maybe um, – Play dress up. What, yeah. let, let's call it that. Play dress up because I feel yeah. that's what drag queens do. Is that there, there's this weird thing that happens that drag queens just sort of create this persona, and that the persona from in my in my case, uh, my drag persona is just an extension, an amplification of my um, a parts of my personality. Yeah. It may not be the true Michael personality, but it, Juicy is totally like out there, loud, and you know self promoting and marketer you know um and the only reason i say that is that because it's there's something that happens when we think about our persona our idea how we present ourselves and there can be a lot of power in that um the ability to be make yourself a little uncomfortable to say hey you know tap 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 let's uh come to my show or hey tap 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 uh donate to this cause or hey tap tap you know like that kind of uh, mentality i don't know that for me for some reason 
um, when I put on the juicy persona, it's like easy as cake. It's just it just happens. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm so invested in that cause. Like I want to share that with you. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm so invested in the show. It's like I really I've been working on this so hard. I really want people to know about it. I'm so invested in my belief that you know whatever idea or show or cause or comedy thing is important. Like everybody should know about it. And mm-hmm. if you know. If you don't, maybe it comes from my performance background. I was a music major, oh, right uh, music and computer science. I'm like so nerdy. <laughs> what instruments do you play? Um, I played saxophone um, in college, and uh, in college, and as a music major, I learned piano, and I play flute, clarinet. Uh, I also sing. I sang with the Gay Men's Chorus in San Francisco. Oh, cool! Yeah, all the things. Were <laughs> you in the video that um, I forget? Uh, Daniel Frances. He did oh, a video no, no, yeah, it. I saw that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, they, I, I remember when that uh, came out, and um, I know several of the guys in that oh, right uh, video. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, such a fun video. Um, kind of, what is it? It's like I woke up or something. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. It's a parody Please video that home. was it's really cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was in the chorus for a couple of years, uh, four or five years, and then I was in gay courses, gala courses when I started in San Diego and when I was 21. Oh, right on. After I moved out of Texas, which I'm from Texas. Hey, Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I remember after college, I was like, I need to leave Texas. I'm done with Texas. Sure, so We're sure. going to San Diego where it's sunny and all those things, and um, I've been in California ever since. So. Oh, right on. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like part of my role as Miss Gappa, which is weird to say that like I that this silly little pageant has such a, a big mark on my direction of my life. But like it was literally, I you know, okay, so let, let's set up the story. I, I was... I was asked to become, you know, a contestant on the Gappa runway, which is going on. I'm I'm Miss Gappa 28. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 28 in the line, 28 years of Gappa runway, which is amazing. Um, and you know, they were l- low on contestants, and I was just sort of like, okay, you know, I was asked because I needed more contestants. I was like, oh, I have six whole days. Sure, let's do this. Um, little did I know that you know that decision would change my life because I kind of since then have like saw, saw myself in a different way and said oh i have a kind of a purpose now to sort of be 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 something be a role model to all those drag queens or up and coming drag queens i'm re- I, honestly i'm a horrible drag I, my makeup is awful i always say my makeup is terrible um uh there i can show you pictures it's ridiculous i'm ridiculous but um i love i love drag because it really is just play it's just it's and and it's ch- like when children play they can be anything and they right, can do right. anything and the world is so like yeah which is true for crazy oh yeah i didn't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off yeah, yeah, yeah. i was saying but it's true for adults too and i think we forget that and i think also there's a lot of conformity that happens like as we grow and i when i see kids they kind of explore and they're curious about a lot of things and then you know, as we grow up and go to school and get jobs and do all these things to assimilate in a variety of sure. ways uh, to heteronormative society, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like, there mm-hmm. becomes a lot less room to to play and to make believe. Like I, I do improv, for instance. So that's like one way that like I think adults are able to just to be sillier, to be yeah. other people. But then it's like we could do that off stage too. We can do that anywhere we want to. Right. Um, yeah. I, it's so funny because like you know I'm current. I'm sorry to list you know disappoint your listeners, but I'm not in drag right now. I'm not in my full face. Um, they wouldn't have had to know. I no would have known. <laughs> no would have known. Um, but neither am I, by I, the way. I, I, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's funny because like I feel like the juicy persona um, has kind of bled through into my normal everyday, which is great, which is perfect because I feel like 
they're that character is sort of such a strong character and so you know can talk to anybody versus what is it's not good or bad i mean like um like my, my michael you know as my normal self right my my true, true self is still Michael. And yeah. The one that just would love to read a book and just be quiet and not go. I go out, but not go out all the time. Juicy goes out like all the time. You know. I see. <laughs> it's kind of this weird thing. It's kind of this. I think all drag queens go through this, like have this multiple persona kind of thing, shtick. And um, sometimes one takes over. Sometimes, you know, you just kind of give up and you're like, oh, well. But um, I don't. I don't know if uh, I, I'm kind of mixing my words at this point, but I feel I feel very happy that this Gappa thing is around, um, and that's why it, I I recognize like the power, and and we go back going back to power. It's like what is that? That's just if you want it to be powerful or not. It's like mm. there's no like magic ruby that I get in a game. It's not like a game where I I get the ruby and I'm now powerful. It's like not like that superstar power that Mario Brothers. I yeah. guess I'm powerful. Like all if powerful. only it were that easy, right? I know, but it, it kind of is that easy. It, yeah. It's it's like you just make it happen. You know, you just decide one day, or you or something happens in your life, something triggers it, and you say, well, you know what? I'm just not going to stand for this anymore. Like mm-hmm. we're just going to be powerful, and we're gonna we're gonna work together. We're yeah. gonna create um find other people who have similar ideas of what is what should be true and what is reality what should be reality that that makes me think of um last i've I've totally lost track of time maybe it was early it was early earlier this year when the the frisco five and then the frisco 500 when their folks were on hunger strike to get the police chief fired and there was one day there was a protest there was like hundreds of people maybe it was like incredible and we marched from the police station to city hall and I got chills down my spine because there are so many people and it was like so and as one knows like protests and actions there's a lot of things might go wrong there might be miscommunication or just mm-hmm. other the fact that, that it was just so many people on the same page doing something peacefully together yeah um was just incredible and that's like that's what that reminded me of just the people coming together like many 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 people coming together and helping each other out for a, a greater cause yeah and i and i definitely believe in the power of peaceful assembly and that is such an american thing like i i was i was think about it because like i am an american you know and um you know listen to the elections and everything and when people are talking about oh those protesters like you know kaepernick whatever he the whole kneeling thing yeah okay we can we don't have to go there but oh, we, we can totally fucking go there. Okay. That's not, we don't censor the show at all, so we can also say, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. No, but, like, whenever I see people on social media yeah. and whatever, like, kind of saying, what the hell is going on with that protest? And I'm like, well, hey, you know what? Like, this is America. You know, this is an American idea to protest. The American idea to, like, fight for a certain thing to become true. Whether it's not true right now, we're going to make it true in the future. And mm-hmm. that is sort of the idea of organizing. That is right. the idea of a community organizing. That is the idea of of like creating these safe spaces, which is what GAPA was first created out of, and mm-hmm. and GAPA Org, which is different from GAPA Foundation, um, but GAPA Org is, has been a politically active organization. So it's it's sort of like in our blood to like you know fight for ideals and fight for things that should be right and in the world and inequalities and injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Right, the the right. whole thing. So like, um, I am very much on board with that. Oh I'm yeah. Very yeah. much on board with, um, peaceful assembly and yeah. we can talk about Kaepernick. He's, oh sure. Yeah. It's, it's created a firestorm. It's great that so many other folks have also still like there's high school players and college players yeah. and other people, professional like soccer, you know, and other football players who have, and I'm just curious to see, I don't go to, I don't go to professional sports sporting events very often, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see. Like, I went to a ball game, an A's game with my dad last year, and I remember we 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 sat down during the national anthem, and that felt kind of weird. It was like, no one said anything, you know. Also, uh, you, you know, it was, 
yeah, but we sat down during it and that felt kind of, kind of weird, but okay, okay. I mean, just cause I, everyone else is standing and sure. to be like the, not doing something that everyone else is doing. So my question is, I guess I'm curious about other folks who go to the fans who go to the events. Can they, will folks also be sitting down or mm-hmm. kneeling for the national anthem and what, what will that look like? And then right. also on a, on a global scale. So it's like great to see like Kaepernick, you know, standing up and he's also proving the point when so many people, when he's getting, when he's receiving and so many other people are receiving death threats yeah. just yeah. for not standing up for the fucking flag. Like, it's like right it's people so just don't want to people want to like bury their heads and like not think that we live in a really corrupt society or that the people who are paid to protect us are murdering people it's like they people are just refusing to i obviously get really it's just it's the it's enraging. I right. mean, the fact that it's happening in the first place is enraging. And then the fact that the messenger, the messengers and people who are actually speaking about it are being sure. attacked for it is also enraging. Yeah. I think, well, well, two things I think is that, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to see what, how that protest has sort of amplified that conversation. And, and, and I was talking about amplification of conversations right? yes. before with the women in Barack Obama's yes, cabinet. Yes, yes. And, and me as a drag queen, as a, I, put, well, I put on the wig and face and heels, I am amplifying a conversation. Mm-hmm. I am amplifying voices. Um, it's, and it's great to have that in a peaceful assembly when you were talking about the hunger strike. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to like take that energy and focus it into sort of what are the concrete steps? Cause this is sort of me being a project manager or whatever that, you know, like sure. I, I've always seen these projects. It's like, we got to make sure we're making, we're pushing something forward. Right. 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 Not just, you know, you know, uh, you know, that, that definitely serves a cause of being, you know, having the loudspeaker, having some kind of amplification of a message, mm-hmm. but then we, we kind of keep, you know, be, keep ourselves accountable as that right. as part of that movement. Right. And, um, you know, figuring out ways where we can, you know, come together and be in, be in a, a strong advocate because that's what we are when we're being loud and we're being, vo- you know, forceful and, th- you know, having all that energy, but we need to advocate for, um, I say some some kind of measurable change and and keep us accountable to that measurable change and it's kind of you know that's kind of it is corporate it is talking I'm using corporate language because they they, they think about this too you know um, and I think that we live in a society where it's kind of amazing where some some corporations are actually saying hey we actually have to be advocates like I'm I'm just putting it out there because I used to work at Salesforce but Salesforce and the um, ch- chief executive officer you know Mark Benioff. You know, I'm not at Salesforce anymore. I don't, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, trying to push any kind of agenda. But it is amazing that he single-handedly like created some con- conversation in Indiana uh, when that you know anti-gay. Oh right, right, right. You know, and, and and he's creating that same conversations in North Carolina with the transgender, yeah. the the bathrooms and everything. We need to find ways to be have partners in you know and 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 as much as we may hate ca- capitalism and you know may say that you know the global economy is like destroying so many other you know. Uh, so many crazy things. There are people, and you were talking, you were referencing this earlier. People who want to work within the system, or some, yeah. or work within systems. You know, right, there's right. many systems. Um, we need to find people and and create bridges where yes. we, we can. And, yeah. and and you know, there's definitely people who are gonna be hung, do hunger strikes, but then there are other people who will be. And I I, I want to be part of that conversation. I mm-hmm. want to be part of that community that like recognizes the value of all, you know the fights at all right right all all you know like the europe war was won because there's multiple fronts you know, you know and stuff like that germany had multiple fronts in world war ii or something like that but yeah i think 
I think it's going to take a it's gonna take a village. Yeah, yeah, and then also just creating alternatives. Like there was uh, this past weekend, there was a a workshop on how like how not to call the police, and there was like a few documents out there. So it's like yeah. looking at the systems that are in place that are problematic, and then also providing. I really appreciate the folks who are providing solutions because one can complain about it, and the sure. Lord knows I complain. <laughs> Complaining probably doesn't cover exactly everything, um, but like people putting other systems other doesn't have to be in the system but like other ideas into place so we can like move we can migrate to something else that's a far more effective way of taking care of one another Mm -hmm. so we don't have to rely on the systems that are in place that are problematic yeah this reminds me of it's so funny um i want to give a shout out to my mr gappa 2016 oh yes there was a his name is jeffrey he's he's amazing um but his question so we i mean just give you i'm throwing it all the way back i'm going crazy but we're going all the way back to the pageant and the final question yes his final question to so the way that set it up is a top three mr gappas and top three miss gappas kind of asky question ask each other questions and you just had to draw a question. His question, which I didn't get to answer, but his question was, imagine you get to rebuild society, <gasps> uh, society without any prejudices, any, you know, preconceived notions yes. of race, gender, sexual yep. orientation, anything, yep. no infrastructure, um, nothing. How would you build that society oh. and why? And, and even though that I didn't get to answer the question, here's how I would answer yes. it is that, you know, well, first of all, my, my, my drag persona loves music, loves singing. So I, and it's gotta be entertaining. So this, this is a show, right? This mm-hmm. is a pageant. Uh, so I would start singing, you know, this reminds me of imagine all the people, John Lennon, let's yes. just start singing that, you know, yeah. Living life in peace. you know, and I would start conducting and then, but then it's like, to be serious, you know, if you, if you were trying to answer that question and, and you just erased all laws and you erased everything, you started over, right? Yes. Um, I would come from a place of love mm-hmm. and love, loving each other and just, and it and sounds, again, it sounds like a hippy dippy thing today, but uh, if you did everything from a place of love and yeah. loving each other, loving yeah. yourself, yes, then any, every decision you make will be well informed and will be the right decision, you mm. know? So that, and I mean, oh, <laughs> you know, I that's, that. it's just like a I, love, it's just love. And it's, it's as easy as that, you know? I mean, you know, you know, why, why are you stealing? Oh, because you are hungry. Oh, I love you. So, okay, I'll give you that food. You know? Yes, exactly. Love, you know? It's not <laughs> that hard. It's, like, yeah, yeah. it's the stuff like that. Yeah. Why, why are you, why are you screaming right now? Cause you're hurting. Yep. Okay, where, why are you hurting? I want to. I love you, so I want to know why. You yeah. know, the, you know, coming from a place of love, just and doing everything and approaching every life like that. Um, you know, that's the ideal, of course. <laughs> Absolutely, and I bet a lot of folks are right on board with that. Right. So then, what can we do to make that a reality? Exactly. I mean, how do we take that ideal and we see that mountaintop, and how do we get to the mountaintop? Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's tricky though, because so many of us are just kind of struggling to take care of ourselves, mm-hmm. and so like, and a lot of people are working to 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 make this a reality. It's just that there's a lot of uh, forces against us that sure. don't want that to happen, that want to maintain power and want to maintain control. I see that. Yeah, I definitely understand that, and. I think it's just finding, um, finding the voices, finding the people, finding the advocates, finding people who are bridge builders mm-hmm. and commu- coalition builders. Um, we, it's not all on you. It's not. That's the one message I want. If you, if you were to take away, it's like, you know, though we are just one people and we're we will live and die alone, and you know, the world will keep turning and the, this little rock will keep rotating around the sun. Yeah. Everything else is it's an inconsequential. You know, there's one. That's one viewpoint. We are also all connected. We are also all a community. We're all. Tr- we all have the same goal in life is just to keep on going. You yes. know, and like yes. get through this thing called life. And it should be fun. It should be a party. That's why my juicy Lou character is so like it's a party. Hello. Yeah. You know, it should yeah. be a party, guys. Um, and you know, 
even though there's lots of struggles in life, we, we can, we can overcome those struggles. We can climb up those hills, you know, and we can, we can make it happen. And it's, Uh and it's just, and, and don't, and don't stress out. Like there's no, I mean, once you stress, maybe stress out and shake it out and then go dance because maybe that's what you need to do. Yeah. I uh, I don't dance very often. Well, dancing, no, I I love dancing. (laughs) Cause like, you know, even if you're like, whatever, you're just saying to the world, I don't give a shit. Fuck you guys. Like, and I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to dance right now. And I, I'm the type of person who sings out loud. Um, in everyday public, you know, walking down the street or riding my bicycle. I did AIDS life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just singing up hills. I hate hills. Yes, <laughs> so I, I will yes. sing up hills all day long, especially in here in San Francisco. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just sort of like a, a, a happy irreverence for the impossible. You know, mm-hmm. like having a healthy disregard for the impossible. That's like, I went to a leadership camp once and they said, and it's, it's so, it sounds very like corporate and everything, but they have some kind of good things where, you know, you have a healthy disregard for the impossible. You are a dreamer. You're a vision, you know, and visionary people will be kind of naturally disruptive and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of keep on keeping on and, and being a good follower is finding those people who say, you know, that person represents me and let's, I, you know, Juicy's going crazy over there. What, what is Juicy going to do? Or, you know, or you're, you know, Roman's going to do something crazy. What is, what's, you know, what's happening? What are they doing? You know, and I want to be involved. That's sort of the, uh, idea that I want to take away. So it's sort of like, you can be an individual, you can, you can also be a, a leader, you can be a good follower, mm-hmm. but we are all in this together and it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, we, it doesn't really matter. So let's just keep going and have a party. So I love that. Yeah. Those are wonderful words to, to end on. Would you like to share anything more about the upcoming event or, or anything about GAPA before we... Well, yeah, GAPA yeah. is here for you. I mean, if anybody, if any of this resonates with you, um, feel free to contact me on Facebook, on Instagram, Juicy Lou Realness, as Juicy L-I-U Realness. And uh, that's on Facebook and Instagram. And GAPA, I found out more information on GAPA is uh, gapafoundation.org. Uh, feel free to contact me or anybody. Uh, we would love to have you on board with us. Oh, thank you so much for coming in, Juicy. Thank you. Well, um, I'll be playing a bit of a song and then we'll be back with a little bit more to, to, yeah, to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
All right, and welcome back to the weekly review. Thank you so much to Juicy Lou for coming in and talking about the Gappa Foundation and a lot of other things. And it's really great to have some uh, good positivity. Uh, I don't know why I was qualifying positivity with good, but uh, that can help a lot. And it's when one is aware of what's happening in the world, uh, sometimes it's easy to feel bogged down. And I feel that way a lot of the time. And I know I'm not alone in that. So it's really nice to to speak with folks who, who get that and then also have a way of looking at it that can be uplifting. So very much appreciative of that. Uh, as promised, I don't know if I make promises. Do I make promises? I try not to because they're hard to keep. But there is a positive news story about <laughs> the world, one would think. Is there anything positive left to say? And yes, there is. So I mentioned this earlier. And this is, um, uh, so there's been the largest, uh, the largest uh, prison strike happening in US history, which is wonderful. And this article comes from Jezebel, and it's uh, by Brendan O'Connor. And it's uh, Alabama prison guards went on strike this weekend in solidarity with inmates. That's a pretty big deal. That's huge. So I'll be reading about this. A group of guards at an Alabama prison went on strike this weekend out of solidarity with inmates protesting overcrowding and unjust labor practices. Strikes and work stoppages have rolled through the nation's prisons following the 45th anniversary of the Attica uprising earlier this month. On September 9th, inmates at the William C. Holman Correctional Facility in Atmore went on strike for at least 24 hours, refusing to show up for their work assignments. Activists argue that prison labor is a form of slavery, as permitted by the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which bans slavery and servitude except as a punishment for crime. Uh, prisoners at Holman earlier went on strike for 10 days in May, and the warden and a guard were stabbed during a riot in March. On Saturday, some correctional officers assigned to the third shift at the prison did not report to work, the Alabama Department of Corrections confirmed, and Assistant Commissioner Grant Culliver was reportedly called upon to help serve meals. According to Kinetic Justice, an incarcerated organizer who has spent over two years in solitary confinement at Holman, the warden himself was pushing the food cart. It's official, Kinetic Justice said in an audio recording released by IWWIWOC. At 6 o'clock, no officers came to work. None came to work. None of the officers came to work. Deputy Commissioner Culliver passed me my tray. Every cell, he's passing out the tray. No officers came to work. They completely bucked on the administration. No more will they be pawns in the game. Nighttime is going down. The Free Alabama Movement, a prison abolition group, described this weekend's events in a statement. Last night at Holman Prison, an emergency situation developed as all of the officers assigned to the second shift waged a historic work strike for the first time in the history of the Alabama Department of Corrections. Assistant Commissioner Grant Culliver was dispatched to the prison, where he then had to order supervisors from another prison at Moore CF to report to Holman Prison just to be able to serve meals. The officers at Holman, who have been defying ADOC policy and speaking publicly to the media, had communicated their plans to FAM members and expressed their support for nonviolent and peaceful demonstrations against the human rights conditions existent at Holman. Officers have also complained about overcrowding and the need for a mass release, more education and rehabilitation programs, as well as issues with disease and filth. Officers reserve their harshest criticism towards the commissioner's officer and what they perceive as a lack and what they perceive as a lack of leadership from Commissioner Dunno and Culliver. Neither the Alabama Department of Corrections nor the Free Alabama Movement immediately responded to a request for comment from Jezebel. So there is some positive stuff out there, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, 
we'll be playing a bit more music and have a few more clips before the end of the show. You're listening to Mutiny Radio here at mutinyradio.fm. There are plenty of shows here every day of the week and live events as well. You can also check us out on iTunes, so please do that. We're on iTunes, and you can subscribe. So coming up is a newish song from one of my favorite artists, and it's super heavy-handed, but that's okay because sometimes the show can be heavy-handed, and sometimes life can be heavy-handed. And it's uh, from the new movie. Oliver Stone directed a movie about Edward Snowden, and this is the song. Pretty much is just this is what's happening <laughs> in the movie, and uh, he talks about it. And there's some I like the the melody too. So we'll be playing that, and we'll be back with a little bit uh, after that. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear that I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States against all enemies. Against all enemies.
Michael Stipe and I support human rights for all people. As an American patriot, it is my duty to stand with Chelsea Manning. After years of mistreatment in prison, she tragically attempted to take her own life. Instead of giving her the treatment that she needs, the government is now threatening her with indefinite solitary confinement. This is unjustifiable, it is unfair, and it needs to be stopped. You can help me stop it now. Sign the petition at freechelsea.com. Spread the word across all platforms. Thank you very much. And welcome back to the Weekly Review. That was Michael Stipe speaking about how to support Chelsea Manning. And for that, Peter Gabriel with The Veil. Ugh. All right. So uh, this next article comes from Unicorn Riot. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the pipeline uh, protest and the water protectors out there. So uh, this comes from September 28th. Militarized police arrest 21 water protectors in DAPL work stoppage. 15 miles south of Mandan, North Dakota. On the heels of yesterday's action, which halted Dakota Access Pipeline, DAPL, construction once again, today hundreds of water protectors caravaned to a DAPL worksite to pray uh, to that the Dakota, so that the Dakota Access Pipeline is stopped. The caravan was followed by two helicopters and a circling airplane. Workers had left the area moments before the protectors arrived. After praying for nearly an hour, everyone gathered to caravan to a second site. As the water protectors left the site, a crop duster airplane appeared as sprayed and sprayed the area with an unknown substance as people hurried to their vehicles. The water protectors went to a second site to pray. They prayed for 40 minutes, and as they left the site, a large amount of police vehicles arrived and blockaded the only exit on the public road leading to the DAPL work site. Dozens of militarized police with shotguns appeared with a Bearcat armored vehicle, as well as an MRAP. The Bearcat was also brought out by police at yesterday's action, but the MRAP, a larger tan-colored armored vehicle, had not been seen at any DAPL sites until today. After blockading the exit points, police vehicles sped across open fields towards the crowd of protectors as they left the site. Several arrests were made as police brandished loaded shotguns and assault rifles. The latest information we gather is that there were up to 21 arrests. Unicorn Riot was live when police arrived at the scene of the work stoppage. Uh, below is a highlight of, the, of when the Bearcat arrived until the end of the stream as well as the full stream. So let's see if we can um, pull this up here and uh, see get some audio. Apple on the way, huh? Oh, there's the bear cat. There is the bear cat. So we see some footage. And they just put the hatch up. Of the bear cat. Oh, now I gotta walk over there. And there is an MRAP behind it. Ah! So there's a. Okay, so we got a bear cat here. And then it looks like another vehicle behind it. You see a some, bunch of police vehicles just pulled up. And what looks like an armored, yeah, and so they have a Bearcat and an MRAP. We're going to go over there and take a look. <clears throat> so this just showed up. I don't think this was here last time. If you check out this article here uh, at Unicorn Right, you can see the the video footage of this. Um, oh, it's 
it's really uh, disheartening. These are folks who just want to protect the earth, protect water, and the police are sent to disperse. And I also have been reading, and it's also just important. First of all, the media is not really covering it. Independent media is, but not the major news networks because they have other things to talk about, like uh, trying to get us to vote for a war profiteer of either party. And, oh, and the footage is really disturbing. Um, so, so yeah, the, the mainstream media is not really covering it because they're covering other things to keep us afraid. And uh, independent media is, is covering this. I'm not sure exactly where I was going with this other than, oh, this is just a sad state of affairs. But also, um, some folks who have been, who are there, a lot of folks have gone out there to, to North Dakota. They do talk about, and this happens a lot with protests, there are like infiltrators, like not a lot, but there are the forces that be will send in people to be disruptive, to be, to spy or to cause trouble. And so the folks have been reporting on that and, you know, sending photos of the folks who are really kind of sticking out like a sore thumb, you know, because folks who are going there are going there to support and then there are, you know, undercover people who go in to disrupt and to try to provoke and give the people with guns reasons to, to aren't, you know, to, to shoot and to cause violence. That's what they're there for. So um, grateful for all the folks out there who are protecting the water and who are putting their, their bodies on the line to protect the earth. And it's a shame that this is still happening. And it's also a shame that folks... Uh, a lot of times, you know, they join security forces to make a living. Uh, when there are jobs that are created um, that folks partake in, and they end up harming people. You know, it's like you people need to to live, so they get a job, and that job ends up harming people. So that seems to be a huge problem. Because if folks weren't being paid, maybe there would be some folks out there who are like just want to be violent. But I think a lot of folks, hopefully. Um, if they were able to take care of themselves financially in another way, um, they wouldn't resort to, they were, they wouldn't choose jobs that end up harming people. That's my, my thoughts on that. Speaking of which cops, more people, I mean, it's, is there ever, is there, does a day go by in this country when a cop doesn't murder someone? There are reports that at least 50% of the folks that cops have murdered are, would be uh, considered disabled. And again, open to I recognize that language could be problematic that's just the language that I've heard uh, so that's that's been uh, that still continues to happen and there is a, a man in a black man in San Diego who was murdered and there are a lot of protests about that and uh, folks standing up to that and I'll see if I can uh, bring up some more information oh it just it just never it never ends and um, I, it would be, I think it's crucial that everyone kind of wake up and stop denying that this is a reality and that this, this happens. There is nothing more, well, there's a lot of things that are frustrating. And it's like the folks who kind of constantly defend police that really piss me off. And the, the idea of, of good cops. Um, if they were the good cops, wouldn't they take care of the bad cops? And we get that they are, you know, they're threatened with arrest and they're threatened with their livelihood. Um, it's just, uh, very, very, kind of at a, at a loss for words. Um, here's some, here's Colin Kaepernick. Uh, here's a quote from him and we're going to play this cause I am <laughs> putting a little bit low on words and energy. 
at the moment. So as soon as this loads, we'll play that, and I'll have some more information. I'll bring up some more information about what happened in in San Diego, and thankfully there have been people protesting and speaking up about it. So while that's loading, again you're listening to Meet New Radio. This is Armin with the Weekly Review. We have our archive up. You can check it out at iTunes from back to 2015. Check out shows. A lot of different uh, community organizers and activists have been on the show, and that's pretty great. We have a phone call. Let's see who is on the line. Hello. Hi, is this a Mutiny uh, Radio? This is Mutiny Radio. Hi, uh, just a quick question. Do you guys have amateur nights for stand-up comedy? Um, we have some open mic shows. You guys have, uh, is it called open mics? Yeah. How does that work? Um... Actually, if you want to call back in a little bit, I'm not too well-versed in that, so, uh-huh. yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you know when I should call back? Yeah, if you want to call back in about half an hour. Sure, thank you. Sure thing. All right, bye-bye. Bye. <sighs> uh, it's kind of difficult to... First of all, I didn't know the information, so didn't really know how to share it. Secondly, it's always... We're all in our own life experiences, and that's kind of beautiful sometimes. Um, yeah, let's see. Okay, here's a video from uh, demonstrators gathered in front of the Elkayon uh, Police Department in San Diego, uh, and they're protesting the shooting of an unarmed man, and it's still loading, so it's taking a while. So while it loads, I'm going to play a song, and then we'll be back with um, a bit more for us here. Reaching the end of the show, it's been a very heavy show. I say that every week, and then every week manages to be heavier and heavier. So, uh, this is a song I heard years ago. I think it was maybe 2010, and I was pet sitting, but there weren't any pets there. It was a big warehouse in Bushwick, and it was on the top of a um, there's like a Baptist church or Pentecostal church below, and the person I was uh, house sitting for or pet sitting. There may have been an animal there. This was a long time ago, and I've lived in a lot of places. This is storytelling time. <laughs> this is what happens after a long time of news. Um, and super depressed, and also just being in a, in a space where there's a, it was a couple, and they had broken up, and so one person, there wasn't much furniture there, and it was, they didn't have heat, and it was New York, and it was the winter time, and it was cold, and I was also just going through whatever life things I was going through, and... I remember a partner at the time would come up and visit and, you know, those were some nice times. And there was also just, ooh. So when I, th- when I hear this song, that's what I think about, which is not, uh, it's just, wow, I was in that place for a while. And that place, I don't mean the physical place that I was living. It was more just the mental place and where I was at. And um, on the bright side, though, folks talk about, uh, you know, the next generation's coming about. And there's a part of me that's super skeptical because, oh, the world's falling apart. Um, but there are some people I know who have some pretty cute babies. So actually I know a couple babies named Josie. So <laughs> this will go out to both of them. And I mean, the song is, it's just like a kind of like an emo love song. So that's what it is, but the name is there. So that's what it makes me think of. So to all the next generation, uh, putting up with all the, <laughs> all the shit that, uh, for back of lack of a better word, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so... I'm toasted. I'm not toasted. I don't smoke these days, but I'm toasted in terms of energy going down. Uh, 
play some music. And uh, here we go. It's loading. We don't like dead air here, so I'll just continue talking very slowly and entertaining you with my lovely reading voice. <sighs> what else is there to say? Be kind to each other. Love each other. Love yourself. It's not easy. This world, it's not easy at all. So for everyone out there doing the best you can, that's enough. And uh, be kind to yourself. Be good to yourself. Call out people in positions of power who are being dicks. Um, it's still loading. I'm going to look for another way to, to hear this, to um, pull up this song. Oh, yeah, things aren't easy. I think I started off the program with that thought, and uh, that hasn't changed much in the last, but who knows, in the last hour. Here we go.
Don't do press conferences. It really is, uh, they murdered somebody last night. Somebody in here murdered somebody last night. Murder. Is that at home? Murder. 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 Yeah. Come on. Three minutes. Somebody's at home right now with their family, and somebody's dead right now, right. a handicapped individual. So just truth being said, I'm tired of the at-home paid leave yeah. or whatever. This yeah. is just wrong. It's not a black thing. It's not a color thing. Obviously, it is an attack on black men, but we're going to say... For all y'all that's just quiet and not saying nothing and leaving it up to a black people issue, y'all guilty too, okay? So it need to be more than just us making an uprise and saying stuff about this stuff. It's been back-to-back -back what you've seen, you know what I mean? And this is not brand new. This is not new. We just all got cameras now. So uh, this was a video that was posted uh, on, this is from NBC7 uh, San Diego. Uh, that was a press conference um, that was happening. Uh, demonstrators gathered outside their the police department, and I believe they also had um, folks were protesting and uh, shutting the street down as well. And I wish I had more information on that. Um. Um. Yeah. Uh, ah. Uh, and here's uh. So the man's name who is uh. His name is uh, Alfred Olongo, and I'm going to play another clip from um, some speakers. What happened yesterday, it wasn't right. I am from Sudan. Olongo is from Uganda. We were in a refugee camp together. Their family and my family. We came to, to this country to bring our kids 
to give them better education and better, better future. This guy went to school. He finished school. He's an educated man. We, we suffer too much with the war in Africa. We come here also to suffer again. You never hear one police in Africa kill a man or kill a white man in Africa. We respect people in Africa. If somebody has mental problem, how can you not deal with him with, uh, with the mental problem? This is not right. So again, that was some more clips uh, from NBC in San Diego, and uh, talk a lot about uh, my disdain for police and <laughs> law enforcement here. And uh, so far in 2016, 807 people have been killed by police in the United States. It's 807 people. Uh, 13 have been Native American, 198 have been black, 130 uh, Hispanic or Latino, 395 white, 13 Asian Pacific Islander, 58 other unknown, and that's just the, the race and ethnicity uh, breakdown. So 807 people so far this year have been murdered by police. So for people who still want to insist that this isn't a problem, first of all, they probably don't listen to this show. M maybe, I don't know, maybe someone's listening for the first time. I don't want to... I, I recognize the importance of having conversations and being civil, and there's also just so much rage, and knowing that we live in a this world and what can we do to stop it and these are these are facts right here and these are lives and each person had their families and their loved ones and imagine what that's like so 807 people have been killed so far by police uh, in the u.s this year alone uh, there's more information if you go to the counted which is at the guardian.com and they've been because the police of course were not tracking this information, uh, independent journalists and citizens have been doing that. And so if you go to the, the Guardian, they, they track that, and you can submit information as well. Fuck. Well. <sighs> um, just wanting to send a lot of love out there to absolutely everyone. It's been a really, as I was, I was walking in, uh, I saw JD who hosts Morning Train, the show before ours, and he's like, it's been hell of a week, huh? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And uh, even, you know, even though uh, it's like even <laughs> it's on so many levels and there's like the personal grief, grieving personally for folks in one's life. And uh, that's what I've been sitting with. And then also on the global scale, the national scale, on the global scale, even on a city scale, like what's happening. And it feels like so much, so much of the time. And uh, how to how to process that, how to unpack that, how to move on, and how to change the world so this doesn't keep on happening. One has to keep on going and find a lot of strength, and find solidarity and and take care. And I guess at times maybe unplug or do what we can to to stay sane in an insane world, uh, which is really difficult because the way things are, it's not things are not right. And I think many folks know that and recognize that. And if we can maybe find a way to stay afloat and uh, take care of each other. That's the, that'll be the big thing. <sighs> Promotion wise, there's a show here tonight. There's a fundraiser. Please support Mutiny Radio. Um, we 
could always use the love and support. Come in in person. Come in if you've got some money. Come in to share what you can. Um, so the show is happening here tonight from 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, there's a Facebook invite. $1 a minute comedy fundraiser at Mutiny Radio. And uh, it's, uh, yes, there's a Facebook invite with all that info. Here, we're at 2781 21st Street on the corner of 21st and Florida. So come check it out tonight at 8 p.m. You can listen live if you can't make it in person. You can also donate. Uh, MutinyRadio.fm. Support the station. This is free speech. It's, there's not a lot of it. There's, uh, you know, uh, what's the saying for the quote from the, the class song, Know Your Rights? Uh, free speech is a right if uh, you're dumb enough to use it. Or m- maybe that's it. But, yeah, we could use more free speech. So that's that's great. So come support these comics and come on out. It's only $5 for the audience every day, Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. here at Mutiny Radio. I am pretty much done. <laughs> I'm so done. And uh, so I'll be playing uh, a humorous clip. Some folks might have issue with this, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, this is pretty much uh, how I feel. Uh <laughs> Yeah, pretty much how I feel. The politics of failure have failed. We need to make them work again. Tomorrow, when you are sealed in the voting cubicle, vote for me, Senator Ke- Bob Dole. I am looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow, which will eliminate the need for a violent bloodbath. America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. It's true. We are aliens. But what are you going to do about it? It's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. Right, this is a two-party system. Well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. Go ahead. Throw your vote away! (laughs) All hail President K! understand why we have to build a ray gun to aim at a planet I never even heard of. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go! And there you have it. <laughs> uh, thanks, and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Women's Magazine and Common Thread Collective will not be on today, um, but you can listen to other episodes here at Mutant Radio. Woo, no no. what was that about? Anyway, check out MutantRadio.fm. Come in in person, Mutiny Radio. We're at 21st in Florida. And uh, here's a song. It's a cover. We know where the original comes from. <laughs> and I'll be back next week. Have a great week, everyone, and be kind to yourself. Kennedy lacked integrity. <laughs>
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for mere fun every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. 